0: everybody. Hello. Oh,
1: my God. Uh, Randy's home- to move this too
0: close to me and i told him i was going to anyways because i listen when people talk (laughs) sorry are you all comfortable yep everybody Everybody feels good in here it's nice in here good deal well um thank everybody for coming to see us this is our first live show since i don't know the end of the world which is nice it's really cool (laughs) to be with live human beings again randy covered most of our housekeeping stuff, but we want to just say a special thank you to uh, Romarinette Corbeau for being an awesome host. Absolutely. For those of you, yes, yes,
1: applause yes. For Thank you. Um,
0: for those of you who aren't sitting here with us you're out on the internet radio um, mm-hmm. this is at 1716 Hammock Drive East in Oxford Alabama and they have all kinds of stuff they do tarot readings here they do herbs candles jewelry and they are stationed for the strange south merchandise um, so they've got all kinds of things they are also just amazing they annually donate um, a portion of their proceeds to the Trevor project amazing people and so come and support them if you're Anywhere near this area. So thank you guys for having us. Yes. you awesome. Yes. Absolutely. And we I hope couple, this is the first of many. I know, it may be. We'll see. If y'all behave, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't behave. <laughs> so, and thank Randy for doing all this yes. 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 for yes. us. Um, And thank Courtney for providing, I don't know if you guys saw, but Courtney provided virgin drinks of the drinks that we're having. So hopefully there's a Yeah.
1: You know, we didn't have the liquor license, so I had to go virgin on these. (laughs) 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 But it is the virgin version of what we may or may not be drinking in our little... Mm. skull mugs right now Um, a basil lemonade sparkling so um, if you make we'll have the recipe up but limoncello would be a good alternative to lemonade (laughs) with some muddled basil and maybe some sparkling wine so (laughs) but please help yourself and um, add a little basil and lemon on the top when you have it
0: Yay.
2: Yeah, I guess we should like bring your own flask. Should have been
0: like I know, maybe, I know. Well, maybe we in the, the future. future we just assume. <laughs> we're just assuming. We thought uh-huh. you
1: probably <laughs> had one in your boot or your hip.
0: So, <laughs> thank you guys for signing up for the raffle. So during intermission, we're gonna do two drawings for. We've got some great stuff that has been donated to us by the shop, and we've also got some signed posters for and the new strange New t-shirts, stuff. new old t-shirts, mm-hmm. new oh. t-shirts of our original design of the t-shirt by river house mm-hmm. so yeah we've got all that stuff coming at you all so, the good things yeah all the good things are we is that is that what no that's good i was just looking at randy like are we
2: cool when, like sounds okay because this just feels weird i'm just telling you I, i'm not really <laughs> digging this relaxed feel <laughs> usually like when we're recording we
1: are both like
0: Okay. I know. Is it well because we feel like we have to sit really close to everything? You're not going to believe this shit. I
1: know. I know. I know. I need to turn around. I feel. I know. You feel like an island. So So, 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 listen. This is this is what my intro notes
0: look like. mm -hmm. I don't know. This is a fucking mess. (laughs) And there are a couple things that I already realized I forgot. One of them is that on our side, on the strange south side, we are donating the proceeds from this performance to Planned Parenthood Southeast. And also forgot to say that if you haven't purchased anything from the shop yet. Everything is 10% off tonight. So mm-hmm. there will be more time later to do get all that stuff. Cool
1: stuff. And so cool there's
0: like here. a famous cat that lives here. Oh, <laughs> and, yes. and her name is Von D. Is that where her picture is? Is it up on the wall over there? And her oh. name is Von D. And today is her birthday. Cat Von D. <laughs> so, happy birthday. So everybody, let's, should we sing happy birthday I think to the we cat? Should, I, will we scare her? Is she here I now? think she's, I think she's super hiding.
1: I think she well, ran Well, we didn't away see her back there. In in the back. Do you think I you can know. get her? <laughs> we were a little too loud back there. We
0: scared the shit out of those cats when we got here. So I don't know. But um, anyways, it's there are two cats wandering around. One is Cat Bundy. One is Hades. They're both really adorable and sweet. <laughs> I mean, and, right. um, and they're here whenever you come and visit. Oh, so. yes. Bring your children,
2: too, because the kids love playing with the cats. Oh, yeah. And the cats love the kids, yeah. too. Is
0: that, is that all we have to say at the at the upfront? You have to go first. That's fantastic. <laughs> Costume change.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. You
0: grew here. Mid sentence.
1: Yes, right.
2: Okay, so I'm going first today, y'all. On
1: the oh,
0: t- she- yay. Happy, birthday. Yay. happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. She's like, what <laughs> the fuck? People. People. Happy, with you people? happy <laughs> birthday to
2: That was very sad. This is all appropriate. appropriate. (laughs) It is. It it just like fits right in. Because when I was thinking about what story am I going to do, we try not to stress ourselves out too much when looking for a story. Like when we do a live event, we're like, you know, it's just another podcast. We're just going to tell the stories like we always do. We're going to like scribe the internet for, you know, Mm -hmm. our stories, looking up. That'd be weird perfect. and I was thinking okay so since we're here and we kind of have crows in common with our logos and stuff I was like I need to find something cool out. on crows mm. right oh and I did find something really interesting on crows but I couldn't make it into a story like I really wanted it to be like some weird ass shit that's going <laughs> to like it's gonna be y'all gonna be like oh my god but you still can a little bit even though I'm not going to talk oh my god about, you can still go because crows have sex with dead crows oh my what? god
1: no. <laughs> they are no necrophiliacs I thought you were going to say they still shiny I things and can we be started like. with that like oh, we multi-step. did but let me just <laughs> show you where I started right? Okay.
2: <laughs> okay so crows what? crows right. will have sex with dead crows there's been studies done <laughs> They don't really know why <laughs> what's it called it's not
0: you're
2: Oh, <laughs> I am you now. And so I was like, okay, you knew, but like, is there a story with that? It's was like, no, that is it.
0: That's it. That's just the. Okay. That, that's that was it. the beginning. Okay, and the okay. End. So there you go. Like job Thank you. <laughs> great <girls>. story.
2: <laughs> and so I was like, okay, necrophilia. We got to go there. Oh, oh no, Patrice. <laughs> the next oh, thing I'm that I found on, mm-hmm. on the internet cool. mm-hmm. is that undertakers and morticians oh and God. their assistants have sex with dead bodies oh way more than you really think no, about no, it. No. Okay. No. It's all shock and awe right now. Okay. <laughs>
1: I hope y'all You're listened to this like show big. before you showed up here today. <laughs> I but I couldn't d- <laughs> find
2: any legit stories that, you know, wasn't Reddit make-believe fan art story or something like that. i <laughs> <laughs> like, like you want my fans. Um, poor Lord. Okay. We had to leave the crows. Okay. I'm not gonna do the crows. Okay. And we're the, make the morticians? morticians. And we're not gonna like the morticians. <laughs> okay, I'm sure there's stories. Yeah. They're just not you know, like out there for us. Mm. <laughs> Good. And so I was thinking, okay, I'm just I'm gonna put my energy out there into Google, <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, okay, Google, yeah. lead the way, and be like, bibbidi bobbidi boo, <laughs> and all of a sudden I found. Apocalypse Meow. What? (laughs) How a cult that believes cats are divine (gasps) beings end up in Tennessee.
1: Oh. Oh, my God. This so, is your story, Cat Von D. We are doing the cat cult
2: of Tennessee. Oh, Holy shit. Okay. So thinking it's all divine this. cat intervention that, you know, I found this. It's not because I got it from MFM Minisodes this past week. Oh, so okay. they, they did a thing and I was like, oh shit, that's cool. I'm going to do that. Um, but the thing about it is when I was looking up this story about the cat cult, there's a fantastic article out there and it's not really much written about about it because it's pretty new-ish like right 2016-ish newish, I guess let me just like make sure nobody's like in a cult nobody's like the cat cult is okay. this a, we've got a man yeah. wobble back I think here you, need, you need like safe words and stuff for that I name. do like, okay, it's like is, are people in, in like do they have relatives because I always get scared when I talk about kind of newish events that like somebody's like gonna be like oh that's my mama no. or that's my cousin <laughs> or you know you talking about my mama, you know, <laughs> oh, no. I get scared because we've gotten some emails before from <laughs> some have. people that were like, yeah, that's my uncle. Okay.
1: Yes.
2: Okay. So now that that's clear, the room's good. <clears throat> oh, thank you. So I thought that, well, first of all, I fucked up on the last like episode that's why it's so late coming oh, out is because yeah, we just like, no about- actually you didn't the in the universe did. the universe fucked up the universe ate
0: our episode 103 right so.
2: <laughs> yeah and so it was about a cult so i'm thinking like since this is about a cult i'm maybe like on a cult kick so it's mm. like summer of cults kind of deal but anyway so nashville scene did a huge article about this mfm just did like their minisodes a writer wrote in about the cat cult in tennessee and more importantly the podcast the opportunist have y'all listened to that opportunist. oh my gosh she's good so that is what's her name hannah smith Mm -hmm. and she did a fantastic five-part series where she went out and interviewed these people like that have left the cult and did this huge story so i'm going to put a link to it on our show page but it is What's so good. The, what, what, the, opp- the Opportunist. The Opportunist. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know. So yeah, <laughs> anyway, also another one, there's the Opportunist and then there's Life After God, which is another podcast. And they actually interview one of the members that, what do you call when they leave the group? Like the. the Refugees. Le- leavers. I don't know. <laughs> the the sur- survivors. Survivors. I, probably. Right. I'd okay. Survivors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Today I'm gonna be talking about how do you get to be the cult cat lady? All Aww. right. And honestly, it's, it's, a lot of this is pretty freaking awesome. I'm like, kinda sign me up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> a lot or of this is. Cat. Then you get another one. And then but it's just 20, the whole thing. Then... <laughs> but the thing about it is, it's like it goes off the rails. So let's just okay. let's just get into this. So it starts with a woman named Cheryl Walker. And she was actually born Cheryl Snow. She grew up in a community church. She went to seven-day Adventist mm. school, which basically, if you don't know, like me, I don't know much about, like, the different kinds of religions, but they believe, like, Jesus is coming back any day. It's kind of like, Jesus, come back now. And <laughs> they back now.
0: Like, no, they're really,
2: he's come back. I mean, that's like what they preach, any day now. So that's the school that she went to. Hello. So, you know, we're talking about. She went to college. She got married to (laughs) Mark Walker. And when they were married, they didn't really have like a home church. So, they hopped from church to church. And she just, the reason they hopped so much is because they, hello, kitty. She, (laughs) Cheryl, was not happy. with any of the churches. And she always found something wrong with the church. She was like, you know, this church just is not doing it for me. And that was until 1997. They found the Gates of Praise, which is a small Pentecostal church in Bellingham, Washington. So right now we're in the Northwest area of the United States. So they found this little Pentecostal church and Cheryl started to go and she never missed a church service. She was hooked. And it's mainly, because of the pastor there whose name is debbie lynch at the gates of praise like drew her in and they became best buds she never missed anything that had to do with the church they shared a passion cheryl and debbie shared a passion for the mystical for demon possession oh,
0: a passion for demon a possession. Passion for, <laughs>
2: passion for deliverance oh okay and a passion for the apocalypse okay because jesus is coming back any day, Now, now 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 right cheryl studied with debbie and she you know she watched her deliver her sermons and she like started delivering sermons and she got good at it and then she got better at it and then she got better at it than debbie and she started having a following of her own people started coming to the church just to see cheryl and that's because cheryl is tall She's blonde. She's good looking. And she's like upper middle class. She's got some money. What year is this? 1997. Oh, 97. Yeah. All right. So also another thing about Cheryl is that she's charismatic. She can read people and she is so good at getting people to do exactly what she wants them to do. And that's because she focuses on the person. And it's like when she's talking to you, you are the only person in the room. You've met those people. They're very like you are the only they make you feel like you're the only person that exists. And everything that you said is so interesting. And, you know, your gifts that you may have are like so unique. She really like builds up each individual person and they fall in love with her. And so she started getting this really big following and people started coming to the church. And as soon as they came to the church and they heard Cheryl give her sermon, they were just Yes, you know, they're like, this is all it. And this is even before the cats. There's no cats involved. Oh, wow. cats. This is before, yeah, exactly. A woman named Mary Gunderson found the church from like a flyer that was left on her car in the Walmart parking lot, which is very Southern. Right. Yeah. And so she went and heard Cheryl preach. And she, again, she was hooked. And this was 2004 by this time. I mean, the thing about Mary Gunderson is she was very musically I was just say musically endowed. She was very, <laughs> no, she was very musical. <laughs> She could, like, do the she music, up. she could do <laughs> she the music, baby. she could sing the music, she had a pretty voice, <laughs> and Cheryl was like, you're exactly what we need. She gave all of her attention to her. You need to come in and do music for the church, you need to write songs for the church, and Mary is like, yeah. And so about this time, Cheryl's like, decided that she doesn't need Debbie anymore, so they split off from the Gates of Praise, and she creates her own ministry called Freedom Fires Ministry. It wasn't so much that everybody was hooked on, not necessarily what she was preaching, but they were hooked on her. Yeah. And they came there to see her, not necessarily the whole church and stuff. Everyone was enamored of Cheryl. They wanted to be her best friend. They wanted to do things to please her. And she took full advantage of this. If anybody was not on board, if anybody kind of questioned her sermons or anything, they got kicked out very fast. Oh. And yeah. And one of the members that, that came aboard really early was this woman named Michelle Lamphere and her daughter. Daughter was like, mm, "I'm calling bullshit." Oh no! And so Cheryl had Michelle, her mother, banish her and gave her instructions from the family, from her family, not from the church, just the church, but from the family itself. So Cheryl told them to get rid of her. So she took her daughter, whose name is Shaylin, to the backyard. Everybody joined hands and in the family and cast her out of the family. And they said, we give the devil permission to overtake her and bring her to his side. She is no longer covered with our covering. Clever wording there, right?
1: Um, by our covering.
2: Yes. Shaylin recalls her parents saying in an account, and she posted this on Facebook, she is on her own and you may now take her. And she's like, My own parents did this to me.
1: They gave away my soul. What the
2: hell? Because
1: of this woman.
2: So you're thinking so like. She was
1: speaking out against the cult and then.
2: Well, she was not. She was her. Well, it wasn't was really a, necessarily a cult. yet. But, out but she was. The church. I'm sorry. Well, not even the church. It was Cheryl. Just Cheryl. Mm-hmm. She okay. was like, Cheryl's full of bullshit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And honestly, Cheryl's husband at the time was kind of on the same boat. Like Cheryl came up and did a little sermon and she, she was speaking in tongues and she like got on the floor and she got like in a birthing position and started wow. like, just like acting like she was pushing something out and she was like, I'm pushing out the Holy spirit. Oh, and her husband, wow. her oh husband, God. her husband was like, yeah, um, don't <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid folks. And he said oh, that wow. in front of everybody and like, like she kicked him out. And got divorced. Uh-oh. Yeah. I can't believe people stick with somebody after that. Well, I mean, you have to listen to the opportunities. Like, I'm telling you, it's, they liken it to like the frog in the water. It's like you slowly start turning up yeah. the heat, and then things that are abnormal seem normal because they just slowly and slowly get applied. I mean, that's the whole thing about cults. Yeah. Right. And then, and if you want out, it's like you lose your family, you lose your community. And so they just kind of put up with things that don't make sense or they start listening or have that voice in their head that says they're on a different level than you are and that's why you're not understanding things so let's get back to mary who likes to do the music mary She's had to talent. she was endowed with some music right so cheryl encouraged her to play the piano and sing for the services she also encouraged mary to open up a recording studio which like mary was like cool and then cheryl's like well you pay for it what? Oh, yeah. yeah. So she opened up on <laughs> a recording studio, and Mary paid for it with her own money. and she started doing songs that had the theme of Mary Magdalene, the voice of prophecy. And so okay. these are all these songs that's like Mary Magdalene. It's the, actually, they. It, a singling uh, I, you know, I wish I could sing <laughs> like she could, but it, it was amazing. Like, it's actually really good. I'm like, yeah, OK, I could see I would be like grooving to that, too. You know, <laughs> so it, it wasn't bad at all. She's actually really good. And then the next year. Cheryl changes the name of the ministry again to Moriah Ministry. Moriah? hmm After the mount oh, where Abraham yep, was told to sacrifice his son in the book of Genesis. Oh, that's not creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and then Cheryl said, eh, we're not going to have Christmas anymore. Oh, and we're God. not going to celebrate Easter anymore. Oh, wait. And she started incorporating, like, beliefs from other faiths. Yeah. And so sometimes services would open with tai chi. There would be like a Buddhist meditation. There would be some those I know, right? I, know. I would be like all into this. There was teachings Sounds about good. the chakras and healing crystals okay. and Tibetan singing bowls. Yeah. There was like some I mean, Jewish holidays sprinkled in there with Rosh Hashanah, ancient Egypt gods were okay, talked that's about. Where the cats
1: are coming in. That's um, what I Osiris thought. Osiris <laughs> and Isis. <laughs> well, okay.
2: Greek mm-hmm. goddess Athena. And a host of like new age practices were all starting. She started preaching about this, started talking about this. And you know, honestly, I'm just like, yeah, break break out the yoga mats. Let's no, do no. this. It's like, don't do the birthing
1: thing, but let's you know, <laughs> don't birth the Holy Spirit on your You're yoga right. mats, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not oh good. Clorox wives. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yes, exactly.
2: Rachel Gunderson, who is Mary's sister, decided to join, and she described the first time that she went into the service to hear Cheryl's, the room was full of this loud but pleasant music, people with their arms up in the air, women holding flags and dancing around, and there's like this just frenzy of chaotic Energy and Cheryl's over there speaking in tongues and birthing things. Oh, <laughs> right. But it really wasn't that much about Christianity or anything. However, it was in the sense that Cheryl was talking about what God is revealing to her. Okay. This is where we took the shift from the Pentecostal with like the Tai Chi and, and mm-hmm. yeah the, the singing bowls. The singing bowls. Yeah. And, and all that fun stuff. And so Mary was like, okay, this is cool. It's fun. You know, they would like have dress up parties and stuff. Of course, Cheryl made them pay for everything. It didn't come from the church, it came from them, their paychecks. And so Mary was like, that's cool. I, I dig. I was like, I'm a little confused what's going on and what she's saying. So she looked it up on the internet and found other. Are authors that were saying the same things and talking about all the things that cheryl was talking about so it wasn't necessarily coming from god cheryl was coming from internet to cheryl <laughs> which you know you call google for this story right, right? Yes, i did i did scry google mm-hmm. after she revealed this to cheryl cheryl was like hmm Okay, so this is coming to me from God, and God is telling me to s- tell you to stop using the Internet. Uh-oh.
1: Now you know you're in a cult. <laughs> it's and so Yeah.
2: Also, God's telling me that y'all are thinking too much. Uh-oh. So you just need to stop thinking <laughs> because thinking clouds the mind, <laughs> and if you cloud the mind, then you're losing your way from God. Ooh,
0: That's not that unusual of a
2: message. It is not. And you think of, I mean, and that's how cults work is they say it over and over again. And it becomes like a chant and a mantra. And it's like, you know, you start saying it and you believe in it. And if it's like a, a person who you look up to and they're telling you this and they're saying I'm gonna be really mad if you like go on the internet and you're like well I don't want to make you mad and because you start to think that if you're mad then God's mad at you Mm -hmm. you know so it starts that she starts associating herself with kind of this holiness but also during this time Cheryl is getting a little bit more I mean she's already kind of whacking out to begin with Mm -hmm. but she starts getting a little bit more paranoid Mm -hmm. and her sermons become less and less uplifting like it's less about the yoga and more or about y'all are pissing me off, so God's pissed off, and y'all need to be punished. Mm. She would take out her displeasures of her followers on them and their children so if their children were there and their parents did something and it couldn't like it didn't have to be like anything big or traumatic for you know you could dress like you could be wearing the same shoes as cheryl and she would be pissed off Um, oh my god yeah what she would do though she would go in and she would call their children whores and sluts and brutalize them on the pulpit in front of the whole congregation if their parents did something and that's kind of like one of the tactics she used wow it wasn't that you know if you did something that she didn't like she didn't necessarily take it out on you she took it out on whoever was there at the time so if your parents did something and the parents weren't there but the children were she's going to humiliate the children in front of the whole congregation damn yeah Yeah, she's something else. Cheryl did the same thing with banishment. If you disagreed with her, she banished you, and then nobody in your family was allowed to speak to you. Nobody in the community was allowed to speak to you. It's like classic cult 101, right? Mm -hmm. But instead of leaving, instead of like big red flag, like you called my child a whore, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. They were like, well, just don't piss Cheryl off. Let's try not to piss Cheryl off even more. Let's not, you know, walking on eggshells kind of thing. And so Cheryl's still preaching, but her preaching is starting to focus more and more towards the end times. Mm-hmm. And God's speaking through her, and she starts talking more and more about mary magdalene being the prophet of god and that mary and jesus were married and that cheryl was the 144,000th offspring Mm, wow and so the (laughs) The 144th offspring is a number that is used in the book of Revelation. oh i see and it's the number of people that god will save at the end of the world oh wait so she's the last she she is the prophet so she's setting herself up to be the reincarnation of Mary Magdalene oh. who will prophesize the end of the world and select the people to go with her to, like, heaven or wherever <sighs> people go. <laughs> <laughs> right? So she's, she said, "Not." and again, it's like the frog that you're slowly turning up the heat on. Yeah. It's what she's been doing over the past seven years now. Uh, you know, she keeps on How
1: preaching. many people are in her congregation i want to say
2: i don't think i really remember like a hard number but like 70-ish at one time so it wasn't huge it wasn't like gwen shamblin or anything in in her church but it was a very close-knit tight group and so one of the things of course that her group did was they tied the church Mm -hmm. and cheryl liked to go to italy
1: oh, oh right. Right. i would
0: like to go to italy and so hey, when I'm she would go that's to that's her too.
2: missions on italy it would be part of the church so the church had to pay for it which means her parishioners had to pay for it oh, and God. so her missions to italy was included like fine dining and say, shopping she she's not like catholic or is she <laughs> not going
1: to the vatican Oh, she said she was. Uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> she was. She was praying to like
2: I don't know. What's something fancy that I mean pasta? I don't know.
1: <laughs> she was praying to pasta. Pasta not fancy. fancy. What's something fancy? A pasta. Pasta. That's fancy. I think mean, that's the most fancy. I prayed
0: the- to the chef Boyardee. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. To the limoncello. To the limoncello.
2: <laughs> so again, why did they keep doing this? they felt like they needed to stick with her for their salvation, and so their salvation would be secure. Um, She she would be like their best friend, and she would smile, and she would give them a kind word, and it made them feel like not only was she as a person giving them attention and love, but she as the receptor of God would God was giving you love if she was happy with you. And that's what they were craving. Yeah. I know. All right. But she continued to preach in times and she had convinced everybody that it was coming soon. End times mm. is always a red flag. Yeah. It really is, right? Once again, the church name changed to the Oneness Foundation. The Oneness Foundation. Okay. Yeah. Like O N E. Yeah. And okay. and everyone was drinking that Kool-Aid, right? at this time, she wasn't just hinting that she was the reincarnation of Mary Magdalene. She was straight up saying it. And she was saying that she was the prophet of God. And all of the songs that were written about her basically said the same thing. So one of Mary's songs said, Athena spread her wings and lift her staff. She opens up the door and says, come in. I recognize you are Magdalene. Part of Cheryl's sermon would say, you have the power to reincarnate. Recreate Eden. So come in, Magdalene. So come in, Magdalene. And the Opportunist has a couple of Cheryl's sermons that recorded, and that you get to listen to her and how completely out there that she was.
1: I'm picturing some righteous gemstones thing. Mm-hmm. Here, <laughs> like she oh gets these giant wings. On have like, y'all watched that? <laughs> the righteous gemstone. Yeah, yes. oh so good. And yeah. her Gosh. giant wings, and I'm here, and I'm here. Yeah. So saith the <laughs> yeah. Lord. Yeah. So yes. that was everything that she said
2: <laughs> when she would talk, everything was, it's not prefaced. Was it so when you're after, say something after something, what is that called? Postscript? Oh, yeah. Okay. P.S. 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 So she would P.S. everything with, so saith the Lord. P.S. I am so here today as Mary Magdalene, so f- saith the Lord. So everything that she said, she Postscript with "So saith the Lord." It's her talking, but she's saying, "No, nah, really, God's talking." Oh, this God. is, but she says it so much. If you listen to her sermons, it just like gets in your head. Yeah. She says it every single time, and she doesn't quote scripture
0: like she's well, not it, it one sounds of those. like She couldn't possibly. Because I don't what think you're she even knows the like Bible. A complete amalgamation of, of yeah. everything, it's all the religions to of the Mary world. Mary Magdalene of all, I mean, it's like that's 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 not something that would be like a traditional, you know, Protestant Christian. Choice, anyways. So she's already like kind of off, right? You know, yes, the beaten path. And then Athena, and then all the other shit. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so
1: then the baby cats, and then the cats, and, then the, <laughs> cats. and <then> the cats, <laughs> right? Well, Cheryl at this
0: time
2: also was putting drops of her blood in the communion cup. Oh lord! Oh my
0: god! That's in a show oh, I watched, no. but they were vampires. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: Yes, I love that show. I've already yes. forgot the name of it. So <laughs> they were drinking. Oh, it wasn't what we do in the shadows. Then. Oh no! no. It's like Black. Ma- was it Black, masks? Masks? black, black Mask? Black Black Mass. Black Mass. Is that right? Is so, that right? Uh, midnight Mask. Midnight masks. Masks? Yes. Oh my oh, God. Oh, I know. You know, one. I really like things, and I swear to God, I pay attention. Is that but, like, the I forget one everything from the haunting of. Hill House? Yes, from the okay, Hill House yeah, yeah. people. I haven't watched that. Oh, my God. You told me to watch it. Sorry. Yes, man. We don't people need to get off track. People eat brains. It's really crazy. Uh, yeah. Midnight Mass, but it's okay, the same so, as the haunting yeah. spoilers. of... Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Blood. Blood.
2: Back to Blood you. in the Kool-Aid. A, and, <laughs> grape, grape juice or wine? <laughs> no, Which it was a, it was actually grape juice. Oh, because, you know, at least
1: wine. We have alcohol. Well, I, could kill I don't think that she really brought <laughs> in
2: Catholicism. Like, Catholicism was like one thing, but she just didn't.
1: Oh. But she had to go to Italy. I was like, really? No, pasta.
2: Pasta, <laughs> right? Very <laughs> yeah, that's right. So everybody wanted to be in <laughs> Cheryl's good grace, but she was making it harder and harder. And mm-hmm. she would like call emergency meetings. And if someone displeased her, she would call them at three o'clock in the morning and make them get up and do like an inspection check. Oh shit, no one yeah. could do
0: that to me. Yeah, mm. it
2: was yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and she wanted people, stuff now. She wanted people to be like her, but she didn't want people to be like her. <laughs> if you try to speak like her, she would, you know, call your children sluts. <laughs> if, you know, you dress like her, if you spoke like her, because there were several people that had been with her at this time for about 10 years and they wanted to be prophet I don't. What is it like? Not the tiny prophet. Tiny prophet. <laughs> they wanted, they wanted to be prophets. Tiny prophet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's like no no one true prophet you can't blasphemy you know kind of dumb. and then she she started separating p- families from one another if one person just in the case of like the the Gundersons, if one person said something then she would say you've got to like excommunicate them as ex- kick them out of the family and she Lord, would please, hmm. you,
1: That's Catholic, like though, is it? Anyway, it's ahead. just it's just word salad at
2: yeah. this point. <laughs> it, it really is. And so she started separating families. If the men weren't on board, oh. she kicked them out. But the women would stay. But if the men were in love with her and would do anything for her, like give her their bank accounts, mm. then they oh, yeah. would stay. But it ended up being a lot of women. I mean, and I mean, Athena, I mean, all the, the Madeline, cats, yeah. all the things is like, was definitely geared towards women, but the men, some of the men, she ended up remarrying. Okay. So this is fucked up because I totally lost my <laughs> place here. But so after she got a divorce, one, a family that was following her and it was like a father, A mother and their kids, she made them get a divorce. Mm. She married him because he was like an anesthesiologist. Oh, wow. You know, that's the top salary. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. And his wife, his divorced wife, like she went after him like point blank. Yeah. She went after him, said, Y'all need to get divorced. You need to marry me. They did that. She took him to bed, and the wife and the kids still stayed in the congregation
1: what wow.
2: yeah it it's it kind of worked like
1: that yeah well men cult leaders do that all the time true like, to be. Honest. oh yeah no. in history they're oh. like i'm gonna take that wife and you're just gonna keep on coming to church right and i'm exactly. gonna take that wife, and that one and that one and, and continue to tithe exactly <laughs> women's rights and say it's the lord <laughs> right women cult leader rights.
2: <laughs> She also started to control what they ate. She taught her followers how to become vegans and to focus on being one with Mother Nature. Again, not bad things, but... It was a control. Yeah. yeah. It was not a choice. It was something that they didn't get to come to on their own. They were like, you do this, or you're out."
0: That's a that's a big sign of loyalty, though, because bacon is, is pretty Dang, hard Dang, bacon is yeah. so good. <laughs> no as a vegetarian who loves bacon, right?
1: <laughs> but you don't eat it. You just like, please cook it around me. Please cook bacon while
2: I'm here. Bacon. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll cook bacon. <laughs> she says, "Okay, now you're vegans," and they're like, "Okay, whatever." And Jeez. at this point, like some. Some people like bacon so they left
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a hard can't. line right? i know right like take my
2: husband <laughs> and bride, i swear to god if you take
0: my bacon All right.
1: <laughs> right. that's it and they so they found their limit they're like come yeah. on kid a slut that's okay <laughs> yeah bacon, bacon or cheese it's over mm-hmm. no nope.
2: some people started to leave and when they left they started talking to outside Ooh. the community mm-hmm. and started bringing scrutiny To Cheryl, and so Cheryl decided to close the ministry to new people. And then she switched her focus from being a pastor of a church to being the end times prophet. Like, okay, yeah, like I mean, she's already kind of do that full time now, full time (laughs) prophet. And she would spend like whole sermons, like crying and rocking and warning of God's wrath and speaking in tongues or prophecies. Again, you've got to listen to that um, that podcast. It's amazing. She wasn't really teaching religion. She never quoted the Bible, and I don't really understand think she understood what she was talking about half the time and again neither did her followers because they were like we don't know okay it was whatever she said right right whatever you know and they waved their flags around and danced and you know (laughs) ribbons ribbons exactly Fun times. so you're like, where everybody's like, where are the cats? Where are the fucking
1: cats? Where <laughs> <laughs> are cats, man? We, we got enough. Look, D's coming back through. She's like, I've been waiting on the cats. Yeah, I know <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about She's making Ex-husband. Okay, so he's the one that said in front of everybody, "Don't drink the Kool-Aid," and she was like, "Bye." Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: So he remarried okay and they had children they had three children and she took the children with them but she couldn't move because they had like 50 50 custody of the children mark remarried and of course his wife's name there's so many marys is mary oh Oh, yeah so so the new wife is mary but cheryl started preaching to her congregation that mark and mary needed to die Oh my uh, God. Oh. Yeah. So Ooh. she would get her congregation to pray for their deaths, and it became like a regular thing. Ew. It's like oh God says God. He needs to die. They need to die. God is, you know, displeased, so saith the Lord. And so so saith yeah. the Lord, she bought an AR15. No, oh my. And she says she got it for her son. But at this time, she was dating this guy named Rick. What and happened
1: Rick, to the anesthesia. That was the anesthesi- oh, she, oh, he's she's still
2: married. Oh, him, okay. Oh, but okay. she married Rick. Rick had no idea about the
1: doctor. Okay. Or whatever. So, doctors uh, yeah. still married Yeah,
2: so Rick's Rick here. Rick is there. Let me tell you about the doctor though. The doctor was given her $40,000 a, a month. A month? A month. Um That's how much money. And he was working physiologist. And he wasn't even going to church. He was just like giving it to her and then doing his job. And then his ex-wife and child were there in the congregation. It's weird, man. It's so it's so crazy. Okay. So she starts dating Rick and she's like, Look, I got this AR fifteen for my son. Let's go practice. (laughs) And she's like, "Here, Rick, you try." And so Rick tries, and then she like moves like the target back a little bit. She's like, "See if you can hit that." And then she moves the target a little bit further back, and then she moves it like all the way down the road. She's like, "Can you hit that? That'd be fun." I that. So he like he's not, hasn't really shot a gun, but he gets better because Cheryl like keeps him practicing. And then she like starts taking him on drives with the AR-15. Oh my god! And so they start cruising by oh Mars. And Mary's and it's like God's saying Mark and Mary are going to die. She didn't say like kill them, but she's saying the Lord just saying it's as soon as we get Mary Rick, they'll they'll die. they'll just fall over dead. Here's an AR15 for a honeymoon. <laughs> you're right? Honeymoon gift Luckily, Rick, who totally believed and still believes in Cheryl, didn't do that he didn't he set up and like had the trigger and the scope on them oh wow and just couldn't pull the trigger and came back and told Cheryl that God praise told Google. him yeah, praise Google, <laughs> that God told him this is wrong and he shouldn't do it and she's like whatever right and get out What the hell? Why did more people say that? Because she'd been telling them the whole time that Mark was evil, that Mark had beaten her, that Mark was beating the kids, and that's the reason that they got divorced is because he's an evil person who beat them. And, of course, Mark's not there to defend himself, and, you know, you all are like, where are the fucking cats? (laughs) So, everyone went vegan. They're all, like, into nature and into animals, which is a good thing. It's, like, Mm -hmm. taking care of the vulnerable. They volunteer at local animal shelters as part of their religious practice. Mm -hmm. She told her followers that that is the way to salvation, that during end times the cats would save them because she had a vision through the goddess Beset, which is the goddess of cats. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, That... Mm -hmm cats carry would carry the souls of the 144,000 and they would be the vessels okay y'all like, <laughs> they would be the vessels so apparently again not in time's profit here
1: <laughs> i've never read
2: like revelations or anything like that but apparently it's like the angels come down go th- through the cat's <laughs> grab the people's soul and
1: pull them back in
2: and then take them to the promised land. I just pictured a soul
1: coming out of cat's butt. <laughs> oh, Where else would it go? Right? Into the pretty litter. <laughs> Into the pretty litter. <laughs> Into the pretty litter. So
2: so they were Ow, doing God. this. And then Cheryl's favorite
1: cat, Eva. Oh. How many died. cats
2: does she have? Well, at this time, she had a lot. Oh.
1: <laughs> she had a lot. Is a lot more than four? A lot 10? More, than, lots, 10,
2: more, more than, than 20? I'd say, I don't know. I would guess between 20 and 40.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's a lot. So. <laughs> a cattery. Uh, yes. So,
2: <laughs> her favorite cats, I and mean, she wrote about this on their website, which has been taken down. She wrote, she died on the winter solstice, death had come. Now I needed to embrace life. How does one explain such a love to a world that sees animals only as animals? And as I study and taught my people that Egyptian alchemy, Ooh. I of Egyptian alchemy, I grew in reverence for the belief of honoring the felines as vessels that they are able to guide us through the passageway of life. So Cheryl goes, guess what, y'all? y'all are fostering cats and kittens <laughs> by the dozens. And by the dozens I mean everybody had about 30 to 40 cats in oh their house. Oh my god. Wow. And this is the extent. Ooh. So Michelle, the the woman who gave her daughter to Satan, mm-hmm. and um the Gundersons had 40 cats each in their house oh inside. They would foster them and they were told that the cats eat first even before the kids. And they didn't take care just of healthy cats. They took care of like the sick cats too. So they would go to their day job. They would come home and they would spend hours cleaning and feeding the cats. And then at night they would get up like at two or three in the morning to take care of the sick cats. And sick cats, when I say sick cats, I mean, There were cats on feeding tubes. There were cats with lymphoma. There was cats with oxygen therapy. There was cats that had distemper. If you know anything about cats, distemper is highly contagious. Uh And so in order to take care of the distempered cats, they would like change clothes. They would wash themselves down with bleach they would like take care of the cats and then they would like take their those clothes off and then wash themselves down again with bleach and then they would get up and go to work their day job and just start it all (laughs) over again and they're still tithing the church They're still paying Cheryl. Cheryl liked to send out invoices for like cat litter, cat (laughs) feed, and all this stuff. And they were like, Cheryl, we've already bought, we've already like paid for it. And again, she'd be like, so saith the Lord. And they're like, okay. And she kept like invoicing and invoicing them. And Mary Gunterson said one time she's like wrote a check for $3,000 just so that Cheryl would stop invoicing her. Wait, so she
1: would invoice them for cat litter that they had already bought for their house? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God! So saith the Lord. <laughs> but letter subscription times a thousand,
2: right? But Cheryl, in her own house, you know, she had so—I don't think she had forty cats, but she had several, and she was interviewed during the opportunists, like the opportunists, like went through and like interviewed the neighbors, and they're talking. So like, hey. You know, crazy cat lady. Tell me about that. <laughs> so her neighbors are like, "Oh yeah, that lady was crazy." But and she said that she had like all these cats and she would let them roam around. And there's coyotes out there. And so her neighbors are like, "You need to really like keep your cats in at yeah. night because the coyotes come out. Yeah. And if you have 20 cats, there's going to be a lot of hungry coyotes. Yeah. And it's like other people's cats are going to suffer yeah. from it. And of course, she paid them no attention. And then when Eva like went missing. The neighbor's like, I know for a fact, a coyote got her him. favorite cat, her favorite oh, cat. Okay. And so, you know, she went over banging on her, her neighbor's door and she was like, you've got to help me find my cat. And Lady's like, mm, no, I don't. And it's because like she knew that the coyote because the coyotes were eating the cats that stayed out at night mm. and all the cats were going missing because of that. When Cheryl moved out of her house, they said that they could not sell her house because it smelled oh, so of course it did of piss. Was because this still well everybody, well, everybody, yeah, everybody was taking care of their 40 cats in yeah. their house. She, I mean, she's a prophet. I would have said, like, clean up my cats. Yeah. But she wasn't. She didn't get oh, anybody. She was, like,
1: getting up with her feeding tubes No, no she oh, wasn't do-
2: doing that. She was just oh. letting her cats run free. Um, oh
0: gross! Yeah.
2: So while yeah. this is all happening, while everybody's like fostering all the y'all, have 40 cats. I mean, that's I can't even I can't even like imagine. I got to
1: take care of Cece. That's all <laughs> <it> was, yeah.
2: <laughs> while you know she was taking care, while everybody was taking care of all of these cats. Cheryl would have these emergency vaccination, uh, vaccination, <laughs> <laughs> emergency evacuation drills. Uh, oh Lord! Because she's thinking like, you know, how are you gonna get like, your cats out? Is, is this like end times evacuation? You have end times evacuation. Is coming, yeah, like coming <laughs> <laughs> and we've got to get the cats. So Herding she would cats, call them. Literally, it, it would be so she would call <laughs> them like in the morning. And so they oh had my. to wrangle 40 cats <laughs> and Herding put oh cats,
1: God, no. cats. each
2: cat like in a carrier mm. and load them in the car mm-hmm. and then practice meeting at
1: like your <laughs> safe spot. Oh Listen, then, now
0: if it's the apocalypse and you're just supposed to pull a soul out of every cat's butt, like why? Why do you got to put them in a carrier? Why do just let, in let a them. Carrier? Why are you
1: going to uh, load them into your pickup angel, truck? Angels can't find them unless you've got them I I don't in your so the car.
2: <laughs> so she's controlling <laughs> in their, their carriers. Right. So they're wanting bacon oh. and they don't have bacon. <laughs>
0: they don't she's start running. Cats, do they? she's He's...
2: running cat drills. <laughs> she's running cat drills. She's controlling their time. She's keeping <laughs> them exhausted. Of she's course. keeping them in fear of losing and their debt salvation. Too. <laughs> she's yeah. keeping them in debt. She's keeping like her <laughs> essence, her you know, (laughs)
1: she's
2: she's depriving them of sleep. She's keeping them so busy that they can't really question her. They just want to please her and they don't want to like bring her wrath Mm. down. And she's like, we got to be prepared for the apocalypse. Y'all need to start looking at when we move somewhere, you're going to have to buy land. You're going to have to be prepared to quit your job when society collapses. With her cat rescue getting more and more outside attention, she starts, she starts having like, growing conflict with their critics and members are starting to blog about her and she's like we've we've got to do something so her paranoid is like going Mm -hmm. into like overdrive and she's thinking like black cars are starting to follow her Uh the government's starting to Mm -hmm. follow Mm -hmm. her she's banned all cell phones from the organization Mm -hmm. and she starts speaking about being spiritually attacked And so the move was imminent. And she's like, y'all have got to be ready. And she wanted to move to Scotland. But moving like one or two people to Scotland is a chore. Moving like 30 to 40 to 50 people is like unheard of. All and in one. what about all the cats? Forty cats. And, right, <laughs> and all the cats, right? It just, it would not have worked. And at this time, she changes her name to Cheryl Ruthven. Ruthven's a Scottish name. I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it in Scottish or whatever. <laughs> but she thought like she would blend in and, like, ignore the cats. some you know, Cheryl <laughs> Rufin, whatever. She's like, the
0: Pied Piper with all these cats following
1: her <laughs> around.
2: Once she, like, d- figured out that that was, like, not going to happen, she was like, okay, so that's not going to happen. Let's go to Columbia, Tennessee. Why not? Why it's not? It's the next, next. place. Scotland. <laughs> Scotland, Tennessee, eh, same thing. Scotty gotcha, Irishman, I'm sure. Got Got heels. <laughs> and she sent out it an email during this time when she's she's trying to figure out because she doesn't want anybody to say anything about this move because again she's she can't legally move because she's got 50 50 custody of her kids Mm -hmm. her boys at this time are over 18 her Mm -hmm. girl's still like 17 at this time and she's saying don't say anything about it i don't want people's scrutiny to follow us because she's closed off the whole thing to outsiders and so she's like Please don't make me regret opening the doors for you to come with me to Tennessee. I'm going to start over and have no one know anything about me, the cult, or the church. She said the word cult. She did.
1: Oh, she, weird.
2: She knows. She she knows what she's done. Okay.
0: Shouldn't that have been like a signal to somebody?
2: <laughs> but at this point, we are over 10 years in. Mm-hmm. So this is like 10 years of like best buds. I thought that was the first rule of the cult later.
1: Never, Never call it a cult. <laughs> in
2: 2013, in the middle of the night, her youngest daughter had just turned 18. They left. Like everybody quit their job or just didn't show up again. And all these people moved down to Tennessee.
1: Damn. Yeah. So she left because she was taking her kids with her.
2: Yeah because she could have she had poisoned her kids by this time no, I was going to say she could have left her kids like she, yeah, she could have yeah. it was just illegal for but her to take but they were kind of them. running okay. also they were running the cat shelter thing like uh-huh. her daughter is the head of the cat shelter so as soon
1: as the youngest turned 18 it's like like she around. was gone so did they find like a commune down in Tennessee where they
0: bought all these houses you know or? from
2: from whatever I remember I think they they bought land that was all within like 50 miles of each other so it wasn't like one big commune kind of deal but it was like they bought little plots of land within like a 50 mile radius. Rachel, who was Mary's sister, remember Music Mary? Music Mary. Yeah. What's she been doing? So she was actually dating a man from Tennessee at this time, but she was doing it on the down low and Cheryl found out about it and kicked her out of the cult. Oh. Well, she had Mary kick her out of the cult. It devastated Rachel. She thought God had turned away from her and that she was going to hell. And she immediately broke up with this Tennessee man and told Cheryl that she like she's like not doing anything with the Tennessee man. But Cheryl told her that she was no longer part of the group and that she couldn't move to Tennessee. She was really upset and she stayed behind while everybody moved to Tennessee. But Cheryl did allow her to still tithe the church <laughs> and still like, you know, donate her time and money to the Where's cats. The I know. And, you know, but her sister moved to Tennessee. So, she, you know, she split up. And, of course, Mary was all in at this point, too. And the whole community stopped talking to her. Like, all of a sudden, and Rachel couldn't say why Cheryl. Cheryl would not let Rachel say why she was kicked out. So it wasn't like she kicked Rachel out and Rachel's like, well, screw you. I'm going to tell the world. She was like, no, I'll do better. I promise I'll be better. I'll do better Aww. because she was wanting back in. Because the only family that she had was her sister, and her sister was like, I can't talk to you, kind of deal. So it was really, really fucked up. So Mary was fearful of Cheryl. She was fearful of disappointing Cheryl. She was fearful of (laughs) God's punishment through Cheryl. And Rachel's story is actually on the Life After God podcast, and it's really good. She got out. Mary got out. Cheryl was teaching that it was a sin to be gay, but Mary had secretly started a relationship with another woman and was able to walk away with that support of the other person. So now Cheryl still has control over her children.
0: Wait, like really? Like now? Like now, now?
2: now, now. Now, now in
1: 2022
2: i don't know 2022 like this article was like 2016 2021 i think they revisited it there's still followers of cheryl walker ruthven in columbia tennessee they are still rescuing cats they have gone dark there's no social media there's nothing about that they really dropped any kind of communication any kind of anything after the nashville scene article opportunist podcast also because the, she asked to speak to the kids she asked to speak to cheryl and get interviews and they were refused but she talked to the ex-husband she talked mm. to mary the wife of the ex-husband she talked to rick who was oh, like the ar the yeah. ar-15 guy right Ooh. so she like she does a great job if this interests you any and, and it's craziness then definitely listen to the opportunist mary walker mark walker's current wife started a facebook page for former followers and estranged family members to begin blogging about their experience with Cheryl. Their Facebook page is called There's a Cult in Columbia, Tennessee. It's helped several members that have had like that moment of clarity and realized that they need to get out. And that's the story of Cheryl Ruthven and Eva's Eden's Cat Cult that's still going on today. Oh, wow. Damn.
1: Good job, Patrice.
0: (laughs) I think it's funny that like the acidic smell of 40 cats in your house isn't your moment. I can't even imagine. She had (laughs) had members
2: that were highly allergic to cats. I was just thinking. And their children were highly allergic to cats. And it was almost like get rid of your children before the cats. Oh, my God. You know, if it didn't fit within her perfect little ideal, then. I mean, I love
1: cats. Cats, but <laughs> come on, forty cats. Like I've been in, I've been I in bet somebody's she didn't house. Even having them like spayed or neutered either. So I, I think she did. She? did. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, and they were saying really like the. track with the whole like they are gonna. I guess did she get to 144 or whatever, and then like that's it? 144,000? Oh (laughs) yeah, uh,
0: that's that's a little. That wouldn't
1: take too long with everyone having 40 cats each. Well, that's true.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I can't imagine that just that level. Like I've been over people's house that had like maybe four or five cats, Mm -hmm. and it's it's like okay, almost makes your eyes burn. Yeah, yeah. Five minutes, then we're good, and then like I go outside and like breathe. (laughs) But 40, I just can't even imagine. Damn. Like, those cats are just waiting for you to die so they can eat you. (laughs) Exactly. Like, what is it that you call, like, a herd of cats? What do you call them? I don't
0: think that's a a thing. A (laughs) cattery. No, it's like, well, you know, you've got a murder of crows. Yeah, but cats don't herd what is, is, it, there a, is there a word a for a group of cats? or a, a, a pride. maybe a pride
1: of cats? A pride of cats? Somebody I don't know. Google it, my mm-hmm. phone's. A kettle of cats. Kettle? A a for k- real? Kettle? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I like cute. that. <laughs> there, was, there was a couple of cats. A clouder, fan. Okay. clouder of cats. Really? I'm never going to remember that. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a
2: strange
1: word. Here comes Kat Von D. She's going to tell us what it is.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, okay, so we're going to take a
0: break. We're going to take a brief break. you want more strange south every week we can help you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can join our facebook fan group fans of the strange south podcast to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share email us at stories at plus if you join our patreon you not only help support the podcast you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch you can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. I don't know. Is anybody missing a guest, like a partner? Is there somebody? Okay, we got you. Awesome. Okay. And we're back. And And we're back. back.
1: I broke my fan within the first two minutes of our show, but I was trying to hide it from you.
0: I paid an extra 25 cents for that. (laughs) You paid $1.25 for this. Do you want, here, do you need Um, this one? You can take this one. It's okay. It's because you took so much flair.
1: I know. Yeah, you can make Call it. want. have whatever to fidget with something. So yes, I tried to hide it the whole time Patrice was speaking, but I can't lie anymore. Got to fidget. I can't lie I broke anymore. Broke Can't
0: live this risotto lifestyle. Okay, so um mm-hmm. I have a story. Ooh. Um, so, when we do, okay, I have to tell you this first. So, I had a hard time choosing what I was going to wear because, like, I've been trying to, like, try new styles out and stuff like that. And I swear to God, the other day I was in my living I was in my bedroom, and I was trying on clothes. And I was like, okay, what looks good on me? Like, what kind of styles? So, I try on these, like, capris that I bought. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm feeling this. You know, this is good. And then I try on this tank top. And I'm like, all right, I'm still, we're, we're doing good. I'm still feeling good. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm getting brave. I'm I'm like i'm gonna accessorize I'm like, I'm gonna get it. so i got like this bandana I and i put all this stuff on about. and like i'm like feeling i'm feeling it i'm like this is the outfit and then i go and i look in this 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 body length mirror in my bedroom and i'm like i look like a pirate, I literally <laughs> dressed myself as a pirate. <laughs> I was like 100%. I a red style. bandana, <laughs> and like poofy capri pants oh that God. are brown a and a red tank though. top. Man, Own that. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is as good as I get. So, our, flag,
1: our flag means death. Have y'all watched that yet? So, oh yes. We'll, our flag yeah. means
0: death. Oh yeah, I guess it's just it's in my it's in my system. like a easy so I decided to opt for uh, protect Alabama trans kids yeah. today. And so sometimes when we do live shows in particular places i try and look for things that that are from those places and it easy to do around here because we're from around here kind of (laughs) Uh, somebody had mentioned a long time ago to me the goat man does that ring now and listen now this is the beginning of a a series of two tale of two goat men so I hope I'm not about to disappoint you with the one that I've chosen to start with (laughs) (laughs) there are multiple goat men on the horizon of the south but um, the tale of this goat man if if you're if you're from anywhere around here we're in Oxford tonight Oxford Alabama if you're from Oxford Anastasia. You might have heard of an artist named Larry K. Martin. Okay, so yes he, over here. <clears throat> he it, we have a, a natural history museum up mm-hmm. in Aniston, and and there are a lot of his paintings. He did safari work. He did a lot of you know African animals, and he did some portraits of people over time. He does really nice stuff. I shouldn't say this. This is like local interest. He's boring as hell. I oh. like I've watched I've watched interviews with him, and it's very I had to just <laughs> fast forward for everything. <laughs> but um his his work is very is very very nice, and it's all on display at the um, Oxford Performing Arts Center in Oxford, Alabama. Mm. Now it's upstairs. It used to be in the Wren's Nest Gallery, which was behind oh, yeah. the Victoria in the Inn Victoria, on yeah. Quintard I, I knew that. in oh, Aniston. Oh, oh back it up. Yeah. So his. Art was boring, or he no. was boring. No, he he no. speaks very slowly. Oh. so it's not like he doesn't have anything to say. It's just very hard to wait. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. It just takes a long time.
1: Okay. And that what oh, stories oh, are about.
0: There he goes. There he goes. <gasps> there he goes. There goes the other cat. Um, right. So uh, <laughs> a lot of um, so a lot of his work is actually hung in famous places, but it's all like politicians, you know. All famous conservative politicians like Dick Cheney has my work. And I'm like, I couldn't care less. But, you know, the Audubon (laughs) Society has some of his bird art. You know, he's very good. So I'm not trying to, you know, be nasty. But there's one pencil drawing in his collection of an old man. He has like wispy Einstein hair. He has a long beard. He's dressed like a hobo. You know, he's he's dressed like a railway hobo, like his pants don't fit. You'd think he's like drawn from source material from the 20s. And he's cradling this baby goat. And he's got this look in his eyes that's just like... Loving and and wonderful and and so behind him there's like this sort of stage coachy thing that's being pulled by a team of goats and the picture is called America's Goat Man Mr. Chess McCart excuse me Mr. <laughs> Chess McCartney
1: wait Chess or Jess Chess like C H S short for Charles
0: Chess McCartney does this particular Goat Man ring a bell for anybody here Does this sound familiar So you've heard of this Goat Man. Seen the painting. Yeah. Okay. So this and um actually, if you wanna do you wanna hand this mm-hmm. around a little bit? <coughs> oh so okay. this book by Daryl, read me the last name of that guy. Daryl 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 Patton. Daryl Patton. Illustration by Larry K. Martin. So on the cover of that book is is the, the picture of, of the notes. goat man. Um so if you had heard of him, it would have been um a lot of y'all would probably have heard from your parents' stories and your grandparents' stories. So Charles McCartney was born on a family farm in Iowa, it right around the right around 1900. And that's just about the last reliable information that we have about Charles McCartney because he's a liar Mm. Um, so the story he tells about himself is completely off the wall but it's one of those that's like just close enough to the truth that you never really know where you stand you Mm. know what I mean so Chess always said that he left Iowa for New York City he basically hitchhiked to New York City when he was 14 years old he said and married a Spanish knife thrower um, (laughs) so we start strong very exotic the story starts yeah. She's 10 years older than him, he says, and they toured bars and carnivals together with a knife-throwing show. Yeah. And, like, that he couldn't even grow his beard long because, like, every little bit where she couldn't see where the edges were, like, she might hit him. So he had to, like, shave completely clear so that she could throw, like, 25 knives around his face and not hit him. How empowering. Like, so, I would like I know, to take
2: some
1: right? knives to my house. You're like, Chad, <laughs> make sure you don't grow that beard out. Hold on, I know, right? The wall.
0: So he said they went for years <laughs> with this trap traveling act before now one of these stories says before she died because he said she was like a reed and she was tiny and she would just blow away on the wind and there was another story that she fathered or she fathered many children (laughs) that she bore him many children and moved back with him so it's all you know who knows but that that part's really not true he he told people at one point that they earned so much money with this traveling act that he was able to buy a 20 acre farm back in iowa that's also not true because that was his family farm that he eventually moved back to in Iowa after maybe, you know, traveling in an act with a knife-throwing lady. Chess also said that he met a German woman later from Chicago, married her too, but she couldn't put up with him and took off back home. I don't know whether he told people why she couldn't put up with him, but folks back in Sigourney, Iowa, where he was from- Said he was eccentric. Mm.
1: <laughs> Sounds mm-hmm.
0: it, like a storyteller. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was definitely a storyteller. And there's a there's a a video you can find this easily on YouTube. And I watched the whole thing, but it's called "The Goat Man: The Life and Times of Chess McCartney." <laughs> there's this mean old lady that he interviews from <laughs> Iowa. She is just like the mean church lady that was mean to everybody. <laughs> you know, like you look at her and you know her in her soul. <laughs> and she's just like, well, he was just none too bright, and, <laughs> and he was a big boy, so he just looked even. <laughs> and oh, no. so there were there were stories about chess that, you know, he was working this family farm and he had a team of horses and the horses died, but he couldn't afford to buy more. So he just took all the milk goats and broke all the milk goats into harnesses so that they could do the farm like, you know, mm-hmm. help with all the farm work. Right. But he he built a little wagon, though, and he would travel around with these goats. And instead of always doing the farm work, he would go places and just make money with his little trap. So he would wrestle at the local fairs in iowa there was a story that he wrestled a bear at a sigourney carnival and people knew him like he would be dragged by his hair on stage like he was a
1: showman right so i was like the you know like the WW. F- a kind of, I yeah. I mean,
0: like it sounded it. like he had kind F- of a thing.
1: F- he had a yeah. gimmick.
0: Yeah, exactly. He was the guy that always got beat up kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. if they had folding chairs, like yeah, somebody would just... just ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this this was what he was doing mm, late 20s. So 1933 or 4, he takes this wagon of goats and he drives them to the Chicago Century of Progress World's Fair. So he went to the Chicago World's Fair with this um, bunch of goats and joined a sideshow and got paid $100 a month and and horse feed for just being in the sideshow so he's like okay well this is something that i can do i'm not sure whether his wife was at home during all this or whether she was <laughs> she had already been like okay this is stupid and i'm leaving <laughs> but in 1934 he had moved back to Keokuk county iowa where he was from and he found a girl named sadie she was 18 when they met and i think he uh, was about 40 and to you know so they got married and Close she like was a that. local girl. Mm-hmm. And um, two years later, they had a little boy named uh, Albert Jean. At, around this time, you know, so they're in the middle of the Depression. Like, Ooh. this is the early 30s. So they, they're kind of having to make do. And Chess always said all he needed in the world to read was, like, Robinson Crusoe and the Bible. Because Robinson Crusoe is all about, like, man doing for himself on mm-hmm. a desert island and, you know, making everything. So, And he did do stuff on his farm, it sounds like, from newspaper articles and stuff. He built some barns. He cut the saplings and made the fences and everything like that. He made the harnesses for the goats and the hitches and put the wagon together, I guess. But he lost the farm in the Depression. This was his mama's farm. And there was a story that he traded the farm to pay off a grocery bill. And, um... Mm -hmm. Which is kind of just what happened. Yeah, you know, that's not that's a sad. judgment on no, him. That's sad. But um, he went to work after that as a logger for the Works Progress Administration. <clears throat> so his story went that, that there w- he was working on trees and a tree fell on him while he was working this job at the WPA. His telling was that this tree falls and he's like alone in the woods all by himself. And he's screaming days and days and days and nobody knows he's out there. So by the time they find him, he is... yeah um gone. by the time they find him he is okay. kind of left for i mean they assume he's dead you know he's he's completely unconscious he's wasted away and so they just take him to the undertaker you know they oh. take him to the funeral home and his story is the undertaker is preparing him for embalming mm-hmm. and interment. gets him all laid out on the slab and puts the embalming needle in they did this what year in the 30s yeah okay and and then he wakes up and starts yelling and walks on out of there you know <laughs> so part of this is definitely true because his his left arm I mean something has happened to him his left arm is damaged you know and and deformed so after this happens the way chess tells it he has two choices he can he says he can't get another job because he can't compete with the able-bodied men that are looking for jobs but he said his options would be then to live off the state which I was like what's a WPA job I mean like right, the state's kind of supporting everybody state. right now yeah, you know right? we the, should say that Thank you. Thank you. But, but you know, he could he could either live off the state or he could go on the road and stay free. This was his dichotomy, I guess. And he really really milked this when he started telling his story on the road. You know, he knew how to kick him in the taxpayers real hard. You know, like he he really really played that. So in 1938, though, you know, he's married to this this young woman named Sadie. He's got a little kid, and he just starts packing his whole family up every summer and going on travels in this goat wagon. He has he has Sadie make. Goat skin outfits for him and for his little boy Gene, and she refuses to wear them. Like she's got no interest in any of this stuff. All the newspaper articles that include interviews with Sadie, just like there's one that has a picture of her just looking like <laughs> like I'm done. Like, um, oh yeah, and it's they it they nicely all. say like she does not care for traveling <laughs> um, in the company of goats. In the company of goats, for real, like living in a wagon pulled by goats. <laughs> but you know, this is what he wants to do. So, like every summer, you know, they're, this is what they're doing. They're going to World's Fairs, or they're going somewhere. They're trying to park in front of other attractions or theaters and trying to sell tickets, and you know, just selling picture postcards of themselves because they're a novelty. They all look very weird. You know, just family in goat skins, like trying to be Robinson Crusoe.
1: The- yeah, in the book. Okay tons of pictures. Okay. Oh, you can open it up and look at more. Oh,
0: oh. yeah, absolutely. Look you through there. Those are all my notes, well, that's cuz it's a afraid. library book and I can't write in my library book, so <laughs> I've got post-its everywhere, but there's tons of pictures in there. So if we you want to look at more. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> you know, she put up with it. Sadie put up with this lifestyle of his. I mean,
1: she's just like 20 something. Yeah. Until she didn't, and she
0: she didn't after a while. Almost
1: fifty probably. Yeah, Uh and so not that there's anything wrong with that, but like she's like I don't want to. She's just well.
0: I mean, it's not like she was. I don't think this was something that was offered to her as a choice. (laughs) Yeah, I suspected that. Yeah, Uh so like in 1942, she leaves him, and the Uh the rumor is she falls in love with another farmer, and he makes a deal with that farmer that would pay Chess two payments of five hundred dollars in exchange for his wife. So he basically sells his wife to this guy. (laughs) oh my god and decides at this point i'm gonna leave iowa for good like this the you know the whole hometown girl thing not working out you know family farms gone we're gonna leave iowa so he packs up Gene, his little boy, in his goat skin clothes, and travel south. Now, all of a sudden, he starts preaching out of this goat cart. Of course, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and uh, then we come to Alabama. I know, Eventually. and so you know, saith the
0: Lord. There's nothing
1: so saith the
0: Lord. There's no real explanation that's as to why he's preaching. Goes. I know. That's, that's a whole you don't have thing. to have you an explanation. Have to. All you gotta say is like for the Lord. Yes. And people like give you respect and credibility that you yes. do not deserve. And there are in there money, are yeah, and right. there are levels yes and there are levels of showmanship involved oh, in, in, right. in most yeah, preaching you know yeah. that kind of mesh with some of his skill sets so there was a story that when he first starts traveling the south the first place he goes is to to north georgia i think they said the north georgia mountains Ooh, and they said funny. okay now this is just the way the story was told that the hillbillies there thought he was jesus because of the goat skin and the beard <laughs> <laughs> and that he did not disavow them of, of this course belief he did not they've they gave him they money and they gave him food. They fed him. They fed him. Oh, yeah. they fed him. They fed him and they gave him money. And when they found out he wasn't Jesus, they tarred and feathered <laughs> him and rode him out of town on a rail. Oh, my God. No, they, no. Did they tar and feather? That is, what, that is what the story said. But you oh, know what? Okay. I don't believe any of this. I okay. don't even know what to believe with this guy because it's all just so
1: off the wall. Like, so like he, ta- said. he said that they tarred and feathered me. That is what it sounded like. Mm.
0: And and then. Um, I mean, so after that, he it, he went down to South Georgia after that. Um, he ended up in Jeffersonville, which is a little town outside of Macon. Um, this was like Ooh, 1941, cool. 1942. It's right after his wife left. So the first thing he gets when he gets to Jeffersonville, you know, it's, it's the early 40s. Oh, it's so, like World War II time. So they in yeah. Jeffersonville reported him to the sheriff because they said that he was a Nazi
1: spy. I knew you were going to say because he had
0: Nazis. <laughs> they said he had a shortwave radio in the back of his <laughs> his goat wagon, and he was reporting things back to the Nazis. And I'm like, what the hell y'all That's got it? going it's on in Two. Jeffersonville, Georgia? Georgia it was that everywhere. the nazis need to know it, about everywhere
1: i know well, i know but they were Alabama, like i'm
0: sure oh yeah so the sheriff did have to come and check him out they said no he's not a nazi he's a
1: prophet of course he is so
0: in jeffersonville somebody um somebody either gave him or sold him cheap some land there and he built a <laughs> shack he built a place and he called it the free thinking christian mission it was a real small building. It was like a little two-room shack. It had a dirt floor. There's our through line. There's I, our through line. Well, all of this. It is. I mean, we've this, got goats. Yes. We've got cats. It always we've appears. <laughs> but this place doubled as his home. There's no water. There's no power. And his son, Gene, lived with him in this little this little shack when he wasn't at school or traveling with his dad. And that wasn't so unusual for that time. Yeah. No. And every summer, at least, the two of them together would travel the south. So if your folks ever run up against the, the goat man at any point, This is the guy that they met. He was in Ches McCartney was in Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia, the Carolinas, Florida, Virginia, all over the South, back and forth, summer after summer for probably 30 years. I had never heard of him until somebody brought him up and I wish I could remember who to give credit to. So the wagons, like if you looked at the picture on the front of that book, the wagons kind of started looking, started out looking kind of stagecoachy, you know, it didn't take very long of him traveling like up and down the country before they just became like crawling trash heaps. You know, (laughs) I mean, like you, you couldn't necessarily always tell there was a wagon under there. You know what I mean? He would just pick things up as he traveled, like pots and pans and whatever things and things that he could mend, you know, things that he could sell or whatever, or just things he thought maybe he could use but he would just hang it on there and just travel on with it. So he would sleep in this wagon with the goats. You know, there were there were basically like two wagons that were hitched together, and in the back one there was like a sort of a little cubby room that he made with quilts and everything like that. And so he would sleep, and he didn't shower, you How know. Can, I mean, even if you showered and you have that many goats around, you,
2: mm-hmm. I mean,
1: there's
0: really no point. What's the point,
2: What's really?
1: The What's the point, the point in
0: showering at that yeah. point? I'm
1: imagining some type Romany type yeah. Thing, mm-hmm. you know, with the but it's not that nice with the covered. I was gonna say
0: I think I think you're overestimating
1: okay. him. <laughs> I, I need to
0: look at the book. <laughs> well, look at it, here, grab it. You know, he he said he could go 20-30 miles a day. He generally walked. He he generally didn't ride in the wagon. He would walk alongside. He would put you know, the goats would have kids and he would put the kids up in the wagon and he would let the baby goats ride, or the goats that were injured or whatever. He would he would sick, he would let them ride. But you know, he generally would walk. Sometimes as many as 30 goats in his caravan hitched up to the front and the back so he always joked that he would have them pulling in the front and then he would have the ones in the back for the brakes when he was trying to like go uphill or something people could say and often all the time every time he was on a way to town people would say they could smell him before they could see him I believe it. Because, oh, I mean, yeah. 40, that's a lot of goats, right? That's a lot of goats. That's okay. another through line. Now another, I, I like stinky, 40, stinky.
1: I see 40 cats, this 40, 40 cats 30 goats. It, it kind of looks like trade day.
0: It, yeah, I can see that. On, yeah, it looks like trade day on he a cart. He's running around in a trash wagon. I mean, it, yeah. So, but um, traffic it's, would it's pile crazy. up on the roads <laughs> because they, people couldn't get past him. And at least at one point, the police in Florida actually turned him back around and said, go back across the Georgia line. We <laughs> cannot handle you like you. You're too much of a hazard. We don't want to deal with you. I mean, But, yeah. you know, in the 40s, schools would let whole classes out. They would like run up to the road and just stare while because they knew the goat man was coming. They would wait. But I mean, you, this goats, you know, kids love goats. They're going to like want to pet them and everything. They so a lot of people goats. remember because when they were little, it was like this amazing thing that came through their town, this man with all his goats and this this shack on a wheels. But he develops a sort of like a shtick. And I have a feeling like back at that time that everybody where he, he'd stop in their town and they would feel like what, what he would say there would be special to them. Like what, you know, it it seemed like people felt like he was, you know, relating to them. But really, he had the same lines in every town he stopped at. And you could tell because you can read all the newspaper articles from, you know, all the way down in well, Florida all the way down everybody wants and up feel in, like they so, belong yeah that they're he special
1: has that Jesus website sign up they're there. unique
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> and so like if you figure that out mm-hmm. and you know it's just you know you go around saying you are loved you are special mm-hmm. you are a gift then people are going to be like God yeah I needed that I needed oh yeah that. well he didn't, like, didn't say that shit well
0: I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm, paraphr- I'm paraphrasing but, he, yeah. he was more of a hellfire brimstone kind oh, of dad jokey kind of dude <laughs> And okay. so he uh, his shtick would be like he would find a place. Randy's going to yell at me because I'm getting too close to the microphone. <laughs> he would find a place <laughs> on the side of the road and he would pull over in a pasture or some pull off, and he would always start a fire. And he would always start a fire with um with old tires on the top of it. He would start a bonfire with old rubber tires, so which smells terrible. Oh, yeah. and, it's like, but it makes smoke. massive plumes of black mm-hmm. smoke rise up into the sky, so everybody knows exactly where you are. And And he would say that it would keep the mosquitoes away, but really it's there so that he can draw a crowd to wherever he's going to be. And every stop, he tells the same stories and the same jokes. He says, the good Lord gave me three wives, which proved three too many. He says, the good book says there'll be seven women for every man. Somebody can sure have my other four people. People would, he could always, like, he could always guess somebody's going to walk up to him in this crowd of people who want to hear what he has to say and say, well, don't you think that If you took a shower and cleaned up a little bit, maybe some more people would listen to you. And he had like his pat response was, I don't know, there's 250 people here. How many people came to listen to you today? And he'd say the same thing every time because somebody would always in every crowd, somebody would come up and give him that comment. You know, he claimed to have covered more than 100,000 miles. He claimed to have visited all the states except Hawaii. And every time he said, because my goats couldn't swim that far. Or if they could, they'd just end up eating the grass skirts off the hula dancers anyways. He had the same jokes every time. And so what he would do when he gets to these stops, you know, he does his whole shtick. And people would come. I mean, if he's just sitting on a barrel, people would come and watch him sit on a barrel. And that was also that time where there was like a
2: circuses and there was no entertainment other than like when the circus came to town Mm -hmm. so everybody or the revival like they knew like to Uh to, like (laughs) come on and let's be entertained
0: and Mm -hmm. see
2: what's going on
0: and he would put you know he had if you looked in any of these pictures you could see this he had these signs posted on the top of his um trash wagon (laughs) that, um, where either he had prepared to meet thy God sign with hellfire underneath or Jesus wept or God is not dead, but he would, you know, he would solicit donations for these, um, these mission churches that he said he's, he started over all the South. And I don't, I honestly don't believe that he misused this. I really do think that he probably put money back into the Salvation Army and whatever Mm -hmm. else. I'm not saying that he didn't. But, you know, he would he would sell pamphlets he'd written about himself, about his own history and his own thoughts about things. And he would sell these picture postcards. You know, it's just that. You know, he would do all this and he would talk up his independent lifestyle, you know, while shaming people, you know, because this is this starts to kind of bleed into the 50s and 60s. And he starts to make these comments about like, well, people doing sit ins instead of getting real jobs and real work. You know, he's he's sitting here like running around the country in a trash wagon, shaming other people for trying to do like nonviolent civil disobedience actions and he kind of gets into i'm I'm not, I'm not gonna pretend y'all i don't love this man but
1: um you i will know. say in her notes she has bullshit right here <laughs> <laughs> i found a sticky that says bullshit <laughs> there's another and one that just says nope you <laughs>
0: But, you know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, there were there was actually almost exactly one of those newspaper articles says he tells it like it is.
1: Uh, yeah. And I was like, well, it fuck if that
0: ain't a bad sign these yeah. days. Yeah. But here's yeah, the thing is, idiot. everybody ate this guy up. Mm. And so if you have, you know, if you had heard of anybody who, who knew of the goat man and a lot of these newspaper articles are firsthand accounts mm-hmm. of people whose families went to see him every year because he would go back through the same routes over and over again. There's no question that this guy had some charisma, just like your lady, you know, just like your Cheryl. Had to have had some serious charisma at some level, because what is this man doing? He smells to high heaven. He's running around the country in a trash wagon run by goats, you know, and he's preaching. But he, he doesn't nobody ever talks about. The preaching in these newspaper articles—they well, they just talk about the guy. By the goats. Yeah, they're blinded by the goats. And the, they're s- blinded by the smell, <laughs> not the light. Right? I know. <laughs> well,
2: so that, um, was, that was kind of the thing too with Cheryl. It's like she could go up there and say whatever she wanted because mm-hmm. they really weren't honestly listening to her. Yeah. They were like in with the whole ritual of dancing mm-hmm. and praying, and you know, so she could really say, like people aren't like. Sent and they're taking notes mm-hmm. and like so she says something really strange they'll be like well she was like in the spirit of things yeah. and, and so she really like she started and repeating over and over again and so I mean that's brainwashing one on one you know so you start brain, saying the same thing you say it over and over again and people start to believe it and they start saying the same thing mm-hmm. over and over
0: again well and there's um, something about like pulling like plucking some sort of a cord that people are there's something people are looking for and if Mm -hmm. you pluck this cord you Mm -hmm. know that it really doesn't always matter what else you say right and so most of the coverage like i said you know i know he was an oddity yeah. like you said he yeah. was a carnival show <laughs> 40s and 50s it's not like there's a billion things to do in the rural south right i mean like somebody comes through on a trash wagon with a bunch of goats and you're like oh oh i'm okay on board. I'd, yeah. oh, let's I'd go be on board today i know right? Right? trash wagon let's goats on, on Jackson square i know. Be <laughs> there. I <don't> know <laughs> trash wagons in town I but so you know the, the coverage on, in these newspaper articles like that's because most of that book is newspaper articles and the coverage in that of course is going to be written by by mostly white men so the people that talk about him and it's it's beaming coverage because the people that talk about him say things like traveling the highways and byways of this great nation Ooh. and he represents freedom they say so they call him an american folk hero from sea yeah. to shining sea yeah and someone so somebody literally yeah. wrote in one of these articles he never learned to trade or developed a skill never acquired a fortune never got educated wasn't wise, wise about worldly affairs but spent a lifetime reading newspapers in the bible and i'm like that's actually terrifying <laughs> but um but you know it's like they they even point out like all these things that he does not have but there is something about <laughs> a man in a trash wagon you know like doing for himself with a bunch of goats that makes him the epitome of christian value somehow and it's like he touched this like it's like there's some weird pioneer masculine shit happening that I don't even understand. But, you know, they always talked about his godliness somehow, anyway. And I mean, he would fucking curse out the goats. I mean, like, he, <laughs> you know, it's not like he was the nicest man in the world. And so it's just kind of, it was, I think that was the most fascinating thing about yeah. learning about this guy was just the reaction that he got from everybody across the, you know, in all these articles. But it like a lot of projection. Like, I just, oh, come be on the now. Stinky man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's what I, I really do think. Travels the well, world I mean, think about what's happening ties. in like the 50s, say, yeah. you know, if like men are starting to feel like they're moving away from... Farmland and having to do these like industrial jobs or Mm -hmm. office jobs or whatever, you know, that's their cord, right? Like they're looking for this with this guy's close to the earth, you know. And I was like, just because he fucking smells like the earth, he got
1: little pellets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, but it's interesting though, because like I said, like all of the people Mm -hmm. that write these newspaper articles are generally like white men, right? But Flannery O'Connor did said based one of her characters based uh, they think. Based one of her characters on the goat man, on Chess McCartney, okay. and she wrote a nineteen sixty book called The Violent Bear It Away. It wasn't one of her most famous novels yeah, or anything like that. <laughs> but um, we know that she saw the goat man because we have her her uh, letters that described him. And it was really funny because she was like, I saw this heap on the road and then we realized the heap was alive. I mean, like, (laughs) and, um, but she wrote this character called Mason Tarwater and he, he, in this novel, he's a self-proclaimed prophet who kidnaps his nephew and raises him in a backwoods cabin and tries to train him up to be the next prophet of God. And it's, it's, um, he's, he's not a good person and so it's not not nearly as glowing as some of these other let, let representations So, like
2: any kind of profit like really is is this something like right home about i mean mm-hmm. like that if you're not like drinking the kool-aid like is there really anything that a prophet does that you're like i don't know i don't
0: know i mean he smells
2: yeah, yeah I mean, i'd write home good. about that
0: yeah i don't know, <laughs> <laughs> know. it's it, it is it's just interesting i mean he what he did he he did okay for himself this proselytizing you know postcard selling right. shtick stick right. that he had going on he keeps traveling into the 50s and 60s i guess that's it <clears throat> they do for them themselves like okay. yeah Yeah. That's the the connection I was trying to get. Yeah, I think so. And then like, so people keep coming to see him. He goes north in the spring. He goes south in the winter. Um, He'd also, he didn't tell people this very often, but he would load all those goats and his wagons into a U-Haul and take them home Uh by truck if he got too tired once he hit north. There's all kinds of weird rumors and shit that kind of started circulating in the 50s and 60s. He claims to have officially campaigned for president twice. Like he, (laughs) he says he ran for president twice. He says he ran against JFK, but then he met JFK, and he just he backed out because the country needed a younger man than Chess McCarthy. Oh yes, yeah, that's um, what happened. <laughs> in in '68, though, he stumped for George Wallace. Oh, mm. Wow. Well. And um, there were so there were a lot of other stories. There were rumors that he was rich, that his wife, that some secret wife, followed him around in a Cadillac, and like would put him up in fancy hotels after he got up. Knife thrower. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? I don't know. At this point, it could be anybody. They there were a bunch of different stories that people would relate, and it was like all. Of it, like I heard, I heard this firsthand, or this happened to me, oh, where yeah. he wrote a That's check weird. and they took it to the bank, and the bank was like, "I don't know if we can honor this." So they would call his home bank, and the bank would say, "Like, oh no, if it's anything less than a million dollars, we can honor that because he's loaded and he's got so much in the bank." You know, <laughs> but there were like fifty different stories like that from different states about all the money he had. So he's he may or may not have actually been on the Johnny Carson, like the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I don't know. You he claimed Google to. It? I, I tried, but um, I couldn't. I. Couldn't can find him anywhere so probably not mm-hmm. but he claimed to have spent the night at the white house as a guest of jimmy carter he told a story about seeing ufos constantly rising over the pasture that he owned in Twiggs county in georgia and they would spook his horse and his horse his pony kept on running off with him and hurt him so but all this time there's this guy and uh, so i said he, he was born in like 1900 1901 right so we're getting into the 50s 60s now we're getting into the 70s 80s he's oh, he's getting up there he's in the 80s and so you know he started he He's had his share of trouble with his this life that he's he's chosen mm-hmm. for himself. He, I mean, his wagon was hit by a car one time and I lost mean, a bunch of goats that alone way. Is I know.
1: Just tum- How much? It's a trap. Carry trade day. I don't anywhere? know. How do you carry
0: trade day with you on your back everywhere, everywhere you go? It's a mess. But you know, of course, people would play pranks. Sometimes it's because they didn't uh, okay. like what he was saying. I'm well, sure. Yeah. But sometimes it's just because people can be assholes. I mean, why would you prey on like an itinerant man in a trash wagon? You know, well, people people would actually get his me, Goats drunk, which yeah. is almost a little bit funny, but yeah. um, goats. they would they would tip his wagon. Um, tip his goats. Like they, did up, Aww, they did beat him up, though. They did beat him up. Somebody set his wagon on fire once in 1967. Oh, and uh, after a while, like, authorities started cracking down. So yeah. they, like, because the goats eat everything. Oh, well, goats yeah. will eat anything, right? Like, so the goats would oh, eat people's shrubs, and he would course. just pull them over wherever, because he's like, the world is my whatever. Yeah. And my trash can oh, well, <laughs> And so I, HOAs are real pissed. Like, I know, right? So, hands people got people started getting pissed, and and humane societies got onto him in the well, 70s yeah. because you know he's like, Well, just because my, my goat's hooves hurt, well, I'm like, Well, yeah, because you walk them 20 yeah. miles a day on the asphalt, yeah, that's and they're not shooed I mean, that's yeah. not how they're made to work, mm. but it does. I mean, and I'll say that, but I will say it did sound like he had feelings for these goats. Really I don't did. mean in a nasty way, but I wouldn't necessarily count that
1: out it's like the idea of a, it's lonely a, on the road hoarding, he did say they kept him super well, warm animals because you feel like you're the only one they can take care of yeah, yeah. Of and I mean he did if he you want to go over that angle too you know. I don't know I'm not going to go <laughs> any further it. down <laughs> that angle
0: he was so in 68 in, uh, or 69 and I don't know whether this happened in Macon or Chattanooga because I found two like legit newspaper articles that claimed it happened there and I'm like where did who writes the (laughs) He was in his cart in in 68 or 69 and was severely beaten, like ribs broken, you know, uh, what is stitches in his head and they cut the throats of eight of his guys. I mean, people were assholes (gasps) about this guy. He had, had is his goat stolen. He had had it. He had somebody took one of his goats and tied it to a railroad track and wait for the train oh, to come to. No. I mean, so people were dicks to this guy. And so <laughs> oh, whatever no. we may feel about what he said or whatever, he did not deserve that no, shit. His goats didn't. did not deserve no, that. <laughs> so, and his his favorite goat which he said had been with him for it sounds like longer than any of his wives were. He um, <laughs> actually got shot by a hunting arrow. Um, he kept it. He kept it alive for another like seven or eight months. Oh. And they they said now. Anybody uh Itala, anybody from around Itala or Man, Atala? It so there's a racetrack <laughs> up in Itala, and they said that he yeah. he won with this old Billy before it died. He he won the um the goat racing record on the Itala racetrack, I which I think is probably because it's the only time anybody raced a goat wagon around the racetrack at Itala. All this stuff has happened and in nineteen sixty nine, you know, he's getting he's he's nearly seventy, he starts taking social security. He decides he's gonna retire from travel. He moves in with Gene. We've all forgotten about Gene, his son, Gene, who used to travel on oh, the yeah. on the trash wagon. he But they move into this shack in Jeffersonville that still just has a dirt floor and still has no water and still has no power. He starts having some feuds with neighbors. You know, there's a girl at the local diner that, you know, calls the police on him because he just walks up and says, like, give me sugar. And he's like, take stuff from her. And she's just like, you can't do that. And he's like, but I'm just giving it to my horses. And she's like, but you have to pay for things. And he's like, why? But then in the 70s, so, you know, he's kind of having like a down. He's not having a great time. In the 70s, So Larry Martin finds him. This artist, this Aniston artist, Larry Martin finds him. He's heard about him and he finds him. He goes, he goes to hunt him up and he finds him wandering the road around Jeffersonville. And he is covered in pins. Like he just, he he kind of it seems like an OCD thing almost. Mm. He he picks things off 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 the road and he ties them to his shirt or he pins them to. He looks like a TGIF waiter-like flair. 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 All the flair. Yeah. But um so pieces of flair. So Larry Martin draws him. and he draws that same just doe eyed love mm-hmm. that these newspaper articles all had for him. So he kind of starts to have a renaissance. Like people start Ooh. to remember the goat man and they start to share stories about the goat man again. But in 70, 1978, so he's living in this dirt shack and he forgets to put out his fire after he makes a pork chop uh. dinner and he burns that damn shack down around himself. He lights his beard on fire <gasps> and barely gets out with his oh, life he buddy. Is. He gets out. But there's no shack there now. Mm. He and Jean buy an old school bus from the city for $150 and they park the school bus and they live in the school bus. It is gross. Yeah. Well, I mean
1: like it's that wagon. If you, it's, mm, it's bad. It I mean, school bus in 19. No I in. know.
0: Right. In 80. So 1985, he's 85 years old. Right. He decides at this point that he is in love with Morgan Fairchild. <laughs> and so, and Morgan Fairchild from like Dallas, right. From uh yeah, what I- else was she in? Was she, she was in Dallas and she was in was like an eighties. Yes. Oh, she I was
1: know. beautiful. She, she had
0: like blonde hair feathers. and she was, yes, yeah, lots, lots of feathers. So he, he's having a conversation with Larry Martin one time and he says, that he's going to go to California and marry her and bring oh, her back to live with him in Jeffersonville. Well then lo and behold, he disappears for three months. Oh, shit. and nobody knows where he is. And Jean doesn't know where he is. He's like, I got his last two social security checks, but he usually shows up to collect these. You know, like, so one day the Jeffersonville police department gets a call from you CLA Medical Center. Oh my god! Because that bastard hitchhiked to Los Angeles to ask Morgan Fairchild to marry his ass. Oh my god! He got there and got mugged. (sighs) Oh, and got Lord. beat up on the street, and a police officer found him sitting on the side of the road, and was like, "Okay, we're going to take you to the hospital." And they were nice enough oh. to treat him and to put him on a plane back to Jeffersonville. Oh, that is nice. At this point, they put him in a nursing home because they can't. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's like he's I mean, gone.
1: But I'm like, man, how did he? Hit? He made it. He made it. Was oh, he outside the window with the boombox? <laughs> <laughs> Goat's all around him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Morgan, but so you know, so he gets put in a in a nursing home <laughs> in Macon. But I all this time, I could not stop thinking about this boy, this, Jean, this oh, Jean, Gene, this Albert Gene that is he, in this trash wagon with him for his entire childhood. His bus. He's on the bus. You know, I started looking back at these newspaper
1: articles again. But he's got to be in his 40s at least. Listen, right? man. at the Because if he married the mom when he was in his 40s, I mean. Oh, yeah. He was, older, be, than okay. he was yeah.
0: older than that. He was older than that. 40s, 50s. And, yeah. you know, in the newspaper articles, they hardly talked about Gene. I could Jeez. only find two in that Jeez, book God. and, and yeah. in newspapers.com. Oh, thank God for them. <laughs> that that even really mentioned gene very much mm-hmm. one of them like one of them talks about like he, he obviously didn't want to be on a trash wagon being pulled by goats all summer long. well what about his mama i don't know what about sadie i don't have a clue they said that that they said oh. that he would be left with grandparents to go to school mm-hmm. in the school year i don't think that probably lasted though well, i really it don't i think like it it's yeah like sadie <laughs> So and he did go back to te-tub- Iowa for a while and go to school, but he was on this trash wagon for a long time. And there was a 1954 article that talked about him having, he, he was 18 years old, I guess, at that point. Is that right? Anyway, but his teeth were all rotted out. Oh, and he's so he's right. running around on this. And they said, you know, they, the words, that mm. the adjectives that they used for him were vacant and vacuous. Mm. And um, he would like, he would take things off. He would take pots and things off of the, the wagon and just let them just clatter to the ground. Yeah. It's almost like he's just trying to pull attention away from well, his daddy. Right i so in another article, you know, somebody is listening to him. He was younger than he was not 18 at this point in this article. And he, his dad told him to do something. And he said, I'm going to leave you just like mama, if you don't stop telling me what to do. He didn't like to talk to people, people, he wouldn't talk to people who came up. His dad was the talker. His dad would say all the things and do all the shtick, but Gene had nothing, nothing to say. So he did go to school some, it sounds like. And at one point, a Twiggs County lawyer offered to enroll Gene in, um, in a vocational tech school in America's Georgia. And he knew that if, Chess knew that Gene was gonna be enrolled, that Chess would meet him and try and take Stop. try and go with them at least try yeah. and go with them and it's so God, he hit you imagine that it's like you drop me off I at the know, corner right? I don't you embarrass me i know right <laughs> but he so the guy actually tried to hide the date that he was going to take gene to enroll in the school from chess and chess found out mm. so he goes to pick up gene and here's chess standing there with his trash wagon and all his goats oh, and he has no. to drive everybody to the enrollment office and so of course they all smell like you know, goats by the time they get there. But at least the guy talks Chess into staying in the parking lot when they're going to go enroll him in school. They come back out, and sure enough, he has got a crowd surrounding him, and he is holding court in the parking lot of this Votek school because it's always about him. Yeah, And it sounds like through this kid's life, it's always been about him. And so... You know, he, he enrolled as an auto mechanic train you know, to be trained as an auto mechanic, but it doesn't sound like it ever really panned out for him. When that shack burned down in Jeffersonville, Gene was still living in it with his dad. He did not get caught in the shack, but he didn't get to move to a nice nursing home. He moved into the bus. There's a video. So it, the, the movie that I mentioned earlier, that's on YouTube. There's a long section of it that's an interview with somebody um, who has gone to talk to Gene, I guess, or to go Mm. see whether there's anything left standing of this mission. You know, the guy finds Gene, and Gene is happy to talk to him outside the bus. This is a a bus on overgrown land, and it is Mm. completely surrounded by trash. It's got aluminum cans, all like four feet from the edge of the bus, just covering the ground, and they go up into the bus, and he's got it locked with a padlock, and he goes into the bus, and he's, he's explaining. Into him that he always wanted to get a kerosene stove in here and he can't. And there's just trash bags oh. everywhere and there's the quilts everywhere and and blackened mason jars everywhere. Mm. And you cannot understand a damn word that man says. Like listen to Boomhauer on, uh, oh, King, of the Hill. on the King of the Hill. And he oh, yeah, he's yeah. got no teeth and he just doesn't. He's not there. He, he he's trying to concentrate and he's trying to and he can talk about his daddy. He can tell his daddy's shtick. He can tell his daddy's yeah, jokes. But he yeah. can't talk about damn near anything else. Yeah. And 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 it's really sad, uh, and I mean, all all it, it really kind of turns. And he starts talking about all the brothers that he's had, that his dad had, other kids all across the country. Yeah. And but he starts to try and list them, but they all have his name.
1: Yeah,
0: he's just not there. And so the the sad, um, the real sad take that the story goes is that um, in uh, 1997, Gene's in his 60s, and he kind of stops. He he would travel back and forth, you know, walking up to town and back from his property and people notice three, four days they haven't seen him. Yeah. And he had been, he had been shot to death in front of his bus. <gasps> oh
1: my God. And no!
0: nobody knows why and nobody knows who did it because, uh, you know, who's going to find out because there's an itinerant guy yeah. who lives on a bus and probably, I mean, I'm sure people care. I don't, I don't think that it's that nobody cared, but yeah. there's probably not going to be a big public outcry no. for the police not finding out who killed this kid, a 60 year old man who yeah. lived on a bus. Being the goat man's son, and only gets you so far so that's the sad part but as i said chess goes to a nursing home in him. Yeah, where is he larry uh martin continues to draw pictures of him and because larry's pictures have gotten him kind of a resurgence in popularity he takes him out of the nursing home and goes and has him sign portraits at wow. exhibitions and things like that on a regular people call the nursing home to talk to chess so mccartney the son
1: died first mm-hmm.
0: oh wow. yep son died first and chess had a girlfriend In the nursing home, apparently. You know, they said they'd been married for 10 years. I don't know. But they definitely had not. You know, he he was well cared for. And he was still spitting all the same stuff at the end that he spit all through the beginning. And he uh, finally passed away in... 1998 wow and people at still at 98 years old though he told everybody is 107
1: yeah well, <laughs> so, but people not? still talk I mean, about I him would too. If I'm i eight know at 98 i'm just gonna be like yeah and I'm they say 17. they say that,
0: you know, it's, it's the end of an era that that he passed away and that it was a simpler time and I just don't know about that. But I don't know that it was. He struck a chord and he was a character and he was I mean, he used to park in Heflin <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, come by on a regular basis and uh, there're going to be a lot of people who've heard of the goat man and know his stories from their parents. So <sighs> Well,
1: how did he get Social Security? He
0: said <laughs> I was there are, thinking four, that there said are it. Four, four different sorry, stories like, how about how he it? got Social Security. <laughs> one was that he made sure that he constantly paid some of his earnings always into Social Security, no matter where he was. One was that. Doing what? Like in
1: an envelope with I some nickels in it? And one,
0: one, was that he, uh, <laughs> one was that there was a politician, a famous politician, who, who got him in a caravan and took him up to Washington, D.C. and made sure he signed up for Social Security and would get his Social and another one was that there was a drunk in one of the towns that he hung out with and the drunk decided that he needed to get Social Security and the drunk drove him to Washington, D.C. <laughs> and signed him up for, for Social Security and got him. One way or another, he got I it, mean, And he, he has- complained when his Social Security benefits went down. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> like, I was, he's a trash, a trash wagon. wagon. <laughs> with goats. Did, but did he probably somehow claimed those goats as dependent. <laughs>
0: so- <laughs> but yeah, so. So anyways, so that is the interesting and weird story of the the goat man, man. America's goat man, Tess McCartney. Thank
1: you, Marleya.
0: You
2: know, I've heard about him but I didn't know the story. I don't know that I
1: know the story. I don't know how much of that's actually true. Well, look at her notes. She has bullshit written by a lot. There's (laughs) a lot of post-it notes in
0: there because the ladies of the Jacksonville Public (laughs) Library would
1: destroy
0: me if they knew that I wrote in a book. No, no, they're on sticky. Sorry. Yes, yes. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you to Romarinette Corbeau for hosting us. A huge round of applause to them. They have been amazing. And we hope that we can do this again soon. Y'all follow us Thanks. on all the things and follow them on all the things. You can find Romarinette Corbeau on Facebook, inst- Insta also, and all the things. Um, so, yeah, keep keep your ears open and, and uh, stay weird.
1: Bye, y'all.